Welcome to Heartbeat, a podcast run by Altawan College, where we discuss how to flourish in all things life, work, and relationships. We'll listen to the stories and wisdom of our staff and draw upon outside guests who are practitioners in their field. We hope these episodes inspire and equip you to flourish, whether in the context of Alter One or beyond to the rest of life. Hey everyone, before we launch into today's episode, I do want to warn listeners that in hearing one of Alter One staff members' life story, that there is briefly talk about past abuse. Please consider this both for yourself and for anyone who might be listening around you. Welcome to today's episode of Heartbeat. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm also with my other host, who is... Mark Godfrey. Mark Godfrey. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Laura Hanna. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, thanks. So, it's super awesome to have you here, mate. Thank you. Um, thanks for being on. And look, do you want to... Do you want to... Look, today we're going to be talking about empathy. I think, you know, in chatting with you prior to doing this, you know, when I asked you what's something that's really, you're really passionate about as a teacher and just as a person in general, that was a big thing for you. So yeah. do you want to... Um, Tell us a bit about how that relates to some of the work that you do and tell us a bit about how you actually came into Alter One. Sure. Um, so I've been teaching, this is a bit scary, 14, 15 years now, Ooh. believe it or not. Um, and I've always worked in either special needs, yeah. uh, at risk, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and so I think to be able to do that kind of work as a teacher for that amount of time, <laughs> you have to have certain qualities yeah. mm-hmm. um great so there's always that level of empathy there but also managing it so that it doesn't be all consuming and mm-hmm. that cool. you know you don't take things home which i've learned the hard way you know mm-hmm. you do go through a bit, yeah, of, a bit of boundaries yeah yeah sure. so learning boundaries along with that and um even changing different roles or changing jobs whatever it may be just to keep things fresh and so that you don't you don't burn out but yeah so empathy is a huge one for me um i think it's really important as a teacher that you are able to take yourself out of your own world and look into the the eyes of somebody else and mm. try and look at their perspective mm. and the reasons why they do things so hmm. is that how you would define empathy as well kind of like getting into their perspective and i think yeah it's issues? kind of yeah trying to understand their point of view yeah the reasons why they do that the things that they feel um, without making it about yourself and the reasons why you're doing it, but just, yeah, trying to understand how did they get to that place? Mm. Why are they thinking the way they're thinking and how are they, why are they responding in the way they do? And just having that understanding and patience yeah. with that person. Yeah, it's massive. It's a huge, huge thing, especially in the work that, I mean, in this context with Alter yeah. One. But even if people are listening to this podcast and you're working in another frame of context or work or your parent empathy still relates yeah. still flows right through the line so definitely yeah so look we also want to learn a little bit about you even just more generally about mm-hmm. your life before we launch right into the topic so can you share with us a little bit about your place of origin and your journey growing up okay 
this may cause some debate, but oh, here we go. Come uh, on. I believe I come from the best city in the world. Whoa! Oh, tough sorry, call, okay. Sorry, um, so I'm from <laughs> Liverpool in the UK. Um, anybody from Liverpool is known as a scouser. It's a term a of endearment. It's not an offensive thing to say. We are proud scouse people. Right, yeah. okay. Um, and Liverpool is a highly cultural city. It has got the best football teams in the world. It's got great music. It's got the culture and the history. So we've got the Beatles is a massive Mm. thing. I grew up uh, in the area where they all grew up. So I was surrounded by Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. I lived down the road from Penny Lane. Wow, man, that's so cool. Yeah, and so so there's all of that kind of stuff going on. Um, I had fantastic parents. They provided so much for me, but also taught me to be independent. They helped me to travel around the world. So I've seen some amazing things at a young age. I'm a travel bug. Um, And yeah, I went to art college to study after I left school because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And that just kind of led me to go to uni, study uh, like a graphic design multimedia degree. Oh, wow. And then from there, an opportunity to teach a class came up. And that's what led me to teaching. Um, straight out of uni, I thought, oh, I'm going to be an art teacher. This is what I'm trained to do. Yeah. It never happened. <laughs> <laughs> there was not any art teacher jobs going at the time. So um, I actually got approached by a special needs school who yeah. were looking for somebody who was creative. In Liverpool. In Liverpool. Yeah. Somebody who was creative and arty that would be comfortable teaching all subjects but in a creative way mm. because the school wow. uh, was for just ASD students. So they're highly visual. Um, you got to think outside the box and have empathy and patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of where I started. And I guess that's where the empathy kind of started to creep in for yourself. Oh, trying yeah. To, trying Especially, to learn from that point. Yeah, because I was, as a newly qualified teacher, and had very high standards for myself. Um <laughs> I got thrown in at the deep end working in a special needs school. It was quite stressful the first few weeks. I'd go home in tears watching these kids get um, highly emotional, physically abusive towards staff. It was really challenging. And so, you know, I've always cared about people anyway, but this took it to a whole other level because they're unable to communicate half the time what Mm. is upsetting them and how they're feeling. And so you have to kind of take your time and take some thought into well why are they responding the way they do mm. you know what's going on for them in their world when they're not able to share it so yeah mm. so that's where i mean empathy but we just you know a lot of time we say that we're we're shaped by the experiences that we go through we're shaped not just by the good but yeah. also by the pain and traumatic incidences or significant life moments mm-hmm. that, you know they they impact some of that it's has any of that impacted the way you see empathy and the way you engage that way with Without people? a doubt. So like I said, I had great parents. I grew up in a very safe environment. Mm. And it wasn't until I became independent and went off on my lived on my own and got my first proper job that some really big challenges happened mm. in my world. Uh, between the ages of... 21, 22 to 25, before I moved out to Australia at 26, Mm. I'd experienced a lot of trauma, heaps of trauma. Mm. So I experienced um, some unhealthy relationships, 
that were emotionally abusive, teetering on physically abusive. Yeah. Um, I got out of that situation and it took a lot to get over it, so my trust was mm. not good. Yeah. And then I got sexually assaulted. No. So that was Sorry. pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and that led to a whole um, period of anxiety and depression. So that final... Uh, basically, I got sexually assaulted and then I shared that with work and they weren't overly supportive. Yeah, it's a right. very interesting environment. Um, and I actually started to get workplace bullying because partly my own response to what had happened, I didn't mm. know how to deal with it. And the other part was they probably didn't know how to deal with it either. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I, got, I got into some conflicts with people and it led to this group mentality or, of workplace bullying but also feeling threatened because I work harder to, as a distraction and they didn't really like that um so yeah that led to anxiety and depression I actually went off sick with stress um, and my mental health and I was off sick for six months wow. I did not leave my house I was too scared to leave my house because mm. all the areas of my life with the exception of my family who was so confused um yeah, it was all challenging, mm. all consuming, and I just mm. didn't feel safe leaving the house. So, yeah, workplace, relationships, friendships took a toll. It was all part and parcel of it. So it wasn't until my poor dad, because he's just he just doesn't know how to cope <laughs> <laughs> overly anxious people. Yeah. Um, they planned to move to Australia for many years. They'd had their house for sale for about three years. Yeah. And he saw my decline, because I'd never planned to come. He saw my decline happening. He doesn't know all the details behind mm -hmm. my decline, but he knows the majority of it. And he yeah. just turned to me and said, look, when we sell the house, you are coming. Just come for a year. Get some you know, fresh perspective, fresh start. If you like Australia, you can stay. If you don't want to stay, come back. But you just need to get away. Give it a go. Mm. Mm. And I'd been like, no, 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 no. The day I said, yes, I'm prepared to go, three days later, they sold the house. They got wow. an offer in. Wow. It was a first-time buyer, and we were emigrating within two months. Wow. So it was huge, huge moment. Um, and, yeah, I think... It took a lot of struggles and challenges and things to overcome to get me to mm. make that decision to move. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the best decision I ever made. Wow. Like, so many great things have come from moving over yeah. here. Yeah. And even though there was difficulties with the whole visa process and um, trying to get registered as a teacher and all that kind of stuff, it took its time and obviously still not in a great space. Yeah. Mm. Um, we got th we got through it. And it's been fantastic. Like, mm. I have a great job. I love my job. I love the thing I'm doing. Mm. I've got great friends that I've met along the way. Mm. Uh, I've just moved into a new house. Nice. Yeah. Took a while. We got there in the end. <laughs> um, and, yeah, great relationship. I've got a, a partner now. We're nearly two years in. Yeah. Which took a lot to get to as well, trying yeah. to trust somebody to, to let them in that way. But, yeah, it's, it's huge. So... Between time, seeing a good psychologist, yeah, and all the well. rest of it. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a great psychologist, like master's psychology, oh, so that's nice. a good link for us. Yeah. And so with these two big paradigm shifts in a way, both yeah. um, having a challenging season of your life mm -hmm. 
and then also a brand new season of your life coming to Australia and all that came with that. Yeah. I can imagine just how much of that would have shaped and impacted your understanding and practice of, of empathy. So I'm just curious how those events in your life did shape your understanding and practice of empathy in both personal and professional yeah, life. Yeah, I think... I don't wish challenges on anybody, especially the <laughs> yeah. things I went through. No, totally. Um, yeah. No one deserves to go through that. Mm. Having said that, mm. you learn so much about mm. yourself and people in that situation. Even the people that weren't directly involved, the people outside who were trying to support me, you see how they try and cope with that situation. Yeah. And so it opens your mind a little bit to see, you know, who handled it really well? What did they do? Yes. Um, what was their responses? You know? 100%. In some cases, I lost people, lost friendships, because they just didn't know what to say and mm. how to cope with mental health. And that was really hard. It's so true. And I so held true. a lot of um, sadness and yeah. grief over that situation. But I can look at it now and go... Mm. They, that's that's not their fault. Like something got brought into their world and they didn't have the capacity to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the empathy. Like you have empathy for so many different things. You have empathy for the people who actually gone through something mm. and you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, you have empathy for the people who are involved, not directly, but also empathy for the people that, you know, brought harm. Yeah. Like I've accepted all the people that wow. brought challenges to me including that big one, yeah. and I, um, I'm i okay with it. Like, I've moved beyond it. I I let it go. I've forgiven them all. Wow. Uh, it took a long time to get there. For sure. And I think empathy plays a huge part of that. Yeah. Trying to understand every aspect of it and where they were at. But, um, yeah, I've forgiven everybody. So good. And so when you come into an environment like this where you're working with students who are high risk and they are either going through trauma or have experienced trauma and you know they're at different stages of their healing process, mm. um, empathy is a massive thing that we have to factor in to be able to support them. And again, like I said earlier, taking yourself out of that situation and just looking at them where they are right then and there and how you can help. Mm. So good. Wow. Man, there's so many different places you can go in that. Yeah. Um, even just the thought that you said about how how the, how your perspective on empathy helped frame or reframe mm-hmm. how you accepted certain things and where it helped you just sort of position things, even the painful thing. Mm. Um, so empathy not necessarily just being something that you're giving out to other people although that's part of it, but it's also the empathy in how you're processing and placing things mm-hmm. for yourself Yeah, um, is, is amazing. Um, I guess in light of that thought too, how, you know, how do you see that? I mean, you sort of explain it in a way, but is there any really explicit examples in how you practice that, you know, that quality in teaching and relationships and that? Um, I think... It's, it's about learning patience. 
and accepting that you don't have control over a situation. <laughs> As teachers, that is probably one of the hardest things. We're all control freaks. Darn it. Darn it. I thought we did. I always thought we had control. We're like, we <laughs> need to know and be yeah. able to do everything. And it's, you know, it's it's good. It keeps us motivated and, and that's great. But when you're working in this kind of area, you need to be able to let go and be able to sit in those uncomfortable places Ooh. and... Yeah, one of my definite skills is that, you know, just don't say anything. You just have to wait until they speak. If that takes 10, 20, 30 minutes, then that is what you have to do because you can't push the situation. It's not about you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good. definitely definitely patience and, and letting go of control is huge. Mm. Well, there you go. Just those two would do your, <laughs> do your so, wonders. Yeah. yeah, and very practical as well. Yeah. Which I guess dovetails into probably one of the last questions on a more serious end of talking about empathy. Uh, and that is, I guess, in light of what we've been talking about when it comes to empathy, what would be one thought and perhaps one practice you can leave with our listeners today? Yeah, look beyond yourself. And remember that, um, you know, two people can experience the same uh, situations and the same challenges, but mm. they will never be identical you know, the way you're raised, the people you spend your time with, you know, the schools you go to, you know, the places even that you live in different cultures True. are all influencing how you see the world mm -hmm. and how you manage those situations. So, you know, even if you have experienced something challenging, try not to compare. Use empathy to understand, but try not to compare. Brilliant. And just respect the person's journey and mm -hmm. where they're at. It's never going to look the same. Yeah. Not, not a chance. There's no identical. Even twins, you could go through something right. similar. Mm -hmm. They're never yeah. going to experience the same thing and see things, yeah. see the world in the same way. It's a very profound thought. And what about like to perhaps just whether it be the, the teacher, the chaplain, the, the counsellor, the psych, the EA, or whoever is listening to this episode, mm. what's like, like on the ground, they're with a person, what could be like a very practical thing they can do to do empathy with that person right in front of them? Um, I think opportunities for that conversation and, and personal growth and open-ended questions. That's great. Yeah. You know, give them the opportunity to share what they feel they need to share. Anything too directed is going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you're pushing them into, into yeah. a space. So, yeah, anytime, even if it means, you know, how are you? And like I said, you sit there for 10, 20 minutes till mm. they work out what they want to say. That's fine. Mm. Um, I think the people at Alter One, although I haven't met everyone, I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. um, they all have huge capacities. They have big hearts. Yeah. Um, mm. You can't do this job without having that and having mm. the patience. So, yeah, just giving them that time and not be too hard on yourself mm. when things don't go the way you planned. Yeah. I think yeah, having having respect for yourself and just recognizing that some things are too challenging, you need to give it another shot or let somebody else take mm. the lead. That's okay as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> wow, thank there's you. A, there's a whole bunch of good stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I hope that the the team that are listening or the the people that are listening to this podcast are actually just being able to take away some of the, some of those keys. There's so many good ones. That thing about letting go of control. Mm. Jeez, we could spend a whole podcast just oh, yeah. talking about that. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, but that was awesome. And Sue, super great to have you 
on with us for this. Thanks. Laura, you've been a champion. And Laura's also a massive creative. I'm just going to dial in. <laughs> and if you are one of our staff um, and you wanted to connect with Laura, I really encourage you to reach out to her via email and just pick her brain. She's a wealth of wisdom and she is an incredible teacher and leader and uh, person. And it's super awesome to have you on this podcast. So quick, quick, some quick questions. These have got nothing to do with empathy at all. These are the ones I'm scared of. I, know. <laughs> I don't have remember. control of this exactly. situation. Yeah, 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 that's right. I was just about to make your mantra to you. So here you go. Just so, lean in. Just lean in. Um, <laughs> what streaming series are you watching currently either on or binging on Netflix, Stan, Disney, whatever these streaming services are? Or maybe not at all. I don't know. Oh, I, I flip between a lot. I have to say I'm actually back on the Marvel situation. Ooh. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if many people know this. They might have picked it up on my Instagram, but I'm a nerd. Like, I love... <laughs> nice. I love... I'm a creative, but I love Lego. I love Harry Potter. I love Marvel. I love... I'm an <laughs> ultimate it. nerd. One thing, either at work or just in life, that you're working on... That's really making you come alive right now. Um, so I do paint, and I haven't had the opportunity to do that because I've been trying to move for the last six months, so I am looking into that because, like you said, I'm very creative, and I try and bring creativity into everything I do. So I'm going to start get back into painting. Um, but I have a few projects that I mentioned to you, oh, Mark, last week. I can't let them out of the bag. And we can't let them out of the bag, but that's probably what's inspiring me at the moment. Oh, it's a project that's been in my head for, well, probably 10 years. And um, now seems the best time to really look into that and work on that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Laura. It's been fantastic to have you on this show. Thank you. And... Uh, Everybody, please, as, as we always say, share far and wide. And, uh, yeah, we have been your hosts. Uh, over here we've got Nathan, yeah, Nathan Forster with Laura Hanna. And we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Heartbeat. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show and share far and wide. This has been a podcast produced by Alter One College. To find out more about Alter One College, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Or visit the college website at www.alta-one.com.au.